Welcome home. This is Audio XP for the 3rd of August 2019, and the title of this episode is Exploration Through Fire Forests. Okay, spoiler, there are no fire forests. That quirky title is just a reflection, or commentary perhaps, that this little podcast is beginning to take some risks. The goal is the same. This is still a summary of some of the stories from Geek Native from the last week. The exploration and risk are just with the style and presentation of the podcast. And you can tell me if it works. Chaosum will be happy. They've done very well at the 2019 Ennies. They were nominated seven times and they won seven times. That's five golds and two silvers. I need to go back through previous Ennies, but from memory, Chaosism tends to do very well. They win awards. Last week, we even saw Call of Cthulhu as the second most popular game played in Roll20. That's only true if you discount all the homegrown games rather than stick them into an uncategorised pile and if you put all possible editions of Call of Cthulhu into one pile. It still feels like a good result for the great old ones though. I haven't played Call of Cthulhu in years, but I still gobble up Mythos products. I think I haven't played because I have regular games, which Call of Cthulhu doesn't fit. Cthulhu fits one-off games, and I think that's what Roll20 suggested when they looked at the duration of games played on their platform. And there are sales to think about. Call of Cthulhu did not make the top five most sold games in America and Canada this spring. D&D did, they came top, and then we had Starfinder and Star Wars. That's right, according to ICV2, Pazio sold more Starfinder than they sold Pathfinder last quarter. And I don't know about you, but I would hesitate to call Fantasy Flight Games' Star Wars RPG front of mind. I mean, I guess because it's attached to such a large franchise, it sells well. And I imagine it's a gift game too. People buy Star Wars, the RPG, for, for friends that, and geeks that they know. Or, or am I wrong? There's a comment section on Audio XP3, the post on Geek Native, and you can sign off there and let me know if you think I am. So D&D topped that bestsellers list. And did you know that a pair of Spider-Man writers are talking to Hasbro and Paramount about directing a D&D movie? Apparently, it's been quite a struggle to attach anyone to that project. And I can see why. There have been D&D movies before, and they've not been award winners. I mean, what even makes a D&D movie? A generic fantasy setting? Is the Forgotten Realms? Perhaps the Baldur's Gate 3 computer game will change this. It could make Baldur's Gate well-known enough to set a movie in or around it. Jonathan Goldstein and John Francis Daly, the two writers in question, have directed before. In fact, they've done a film called Gamers, in which a game night gets wildly out of control. I've not watched it, but Geek Native has a trailer for it embedded in our D&D movie article. Uh, I'm not convinced. Gamers looks mostly to be awkward situation humour, which I hate, and then it has some action thrown in. I really hope they don't try and D&D that. While the search for a good game to movie adaptation continues, and I think while D&D tops the ICV2 list of bestsellers, it will be a candidate for a movie. Mind you, it's not guaranteed that D&D will always be the best-selling RPG. A quick search on Geek Native found an article from 2013 that looked back at the best-selling RPGs of winter 2012. 
D&D is in third place. It's behind, wait for it, the Star Wars RPG from Fantasy Games. And it makes you wonder just how much cash FFG has made from that one RPG. The best-selling RPG of Winter 2012 was Pathfinder. And of course, this week, Pathfinder 2nd Edition was released. You can buy Pathfinder 2 from Pazio's own store, from Fantasy Grounds, and from Roll20. There's even a discount or a free game available if you can sync your Pazio and Roll20 accounts. I think that's pretty big news. Imagine getting D&D on discount because you have a virtual tabletop edition already and you can prove to Wizards of the Coast that it's all legit and above border. I wonder what D&D Beyond would make of that. That makes me think about drive through role-playing games' involvement with Astral Tabletop. Astral is a Roll20 rival. It's free to pay, but it has some paid options available, and it's browser-based. drive through RPG gives them free ads, but I think it's the brand recognition of the Astral lo- logo appearing all over the place that will be worth more. Imagine if drive through RPG and Astral Tabletop link their marketplaces, so you no longer needed to buy books twice. Now, while I'm talking about buying things, let's have a look at some of the new releases that we know about thanks to Gen Con. Marvel are there, but they're playing hard. There's a new living card game um, called Marvel Champions. Now, living card games are a fantasy flight invention. Essentially, they are collectible card games designed to keep you buying, but they don't have that random what's in the pack feature. And this feels fairer to me, because it means you can't money muscle your way into winning the game. There's also a Marvel game called Crisis Protocol that uses hard plastic miniatures and some really awesome looking packs of scenery. It's been made by Atomic Mass Games and that's a new company which might well have been established just to make this game. I think Crisis Protocol is going to do well. It's Games Workshop meets superheroes and they're making it as easy as they can for your games to look great. There's a cyberpunk game coming and it's not from Mike Pondsmith but it will be set in the game world he created. Isn't that strange? CD Projekt Red have gone to come on, uh, companies are not for the partnership, and their game will be called Cyberpunk 2077 Afterlife. If it's not a total disaster, then I think we'll see a Witcher card game. Green Ronin have announced a new game too. This game will use the Chronicle system. That's the same one that Game of Thrones uses, and it's called The Fifth Season. It's based on a science fantasy trilogy that I hadn't heard about before. The world seems like a harsh place, the people are mean, and the fifth season happens every few hundred years and it sends the climate wild. I sense this is Green Ronin producing a game where they get to make some contemporary political observations from behind the safety of a science fantasy game. And I have no problem with that. Also in the New To Me file is the Adventure Zone RPG. The Adventure Zone sounds like a wacky and fun D&D podcast, although I don't think they always use D&D. Now, the podcast, the the Adventure Zone itself, is becoming an RPG, and a company called Together Studios will make it. I suspect it's one to watch. I hadn't heard of either the Adventure Zone or Together Studios before, but on Geek Native there's a project to try and boost the publicity of indie RPG studios. It's called Spotlight, and the poll for September's voting is now open for patrons. I make a short list of indie studios to consider, though I'll take recommendations, and then patron supporters get to vote on which publisher to go with from that shortlist. I think that's a fair way of doing things. 
the plan is to accompany the spotlight with drive through RPG coupons and vouchers so people can both discover and then buy the new games. The money for coupons is what the patron pledges will pay for, and hopefully this becomes a self-supporting ecosystem. That's the wrap for episode 3. Thank you. <laughs>